everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Well, what a weekend of League of Ireland action we had. You're very welcome along to the show. Um, and if you are, um, you know, one of the people who is at the games, we'd love to hear your reaction uh, over the next week because we have a full mailbag as well. But I mean, there's so much to talk about with Johnny Ward and Dan McDonald. Thanks to Future Ticketing. Um, who've obviously been with us since the start of last season. Collar and Cuff, Decky and John will give you a free shirt and tie uh, if you get a suit, uh, as I did recently, out in Collar and Cuff uh, in Glasnevin. And the Porterhouse Brewery, we can't wait to do a live show with the Porterhouse Brewery lads very, very soon. And we will be giving away uh, four beers as well. On the show today, I spoke to Keith Long after the game last night, uh, the 3-0 win Pats had over Bohemians. And today I went out to Inchcore uh, because Sari, Sporting Races Maryland, had um, uh, a kind of a... They brought journalists over to talk about their initiatives and James Abankwa, the Pat centre-back, was there, as was Brian Kerr, who's been involved in Sarri for a long, long time. Dan is in Europe. That's right. He's in Europe, the Europe Hotel in County Kerry. Dan, my favourite part of the world, and you're there. Yeah, no, it's a great, a great part of the world, Johnny, I have to say. I'm, uh, I'm, 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 missing, I'm missing chatting to you, obviously. Now, I missed the Monday night games where like, a lot of stuff happened. Um, in fact... I suppose we had the Liam Buckley departure news, which is obviously the main thing that's happened in the last week. Then they go and beat Derry City. Um, and yeah, the Pats Bowes games you mentioned sounded like it sort of swung in all sorts of different directions. And yet, sort of Pats still won 3 0. Personally, you know, I, look, I left Dublin having seen Pats lose to Shells on Friday um, when they were terrible, to be honest, in that game and all over the place. And then you see the beat Bowes 3 0. It's sort of. Um, you know, it's it's a really sort of uh, topsy turvy league season, and you haven't even mentioned the sort of the biggest result of them all, which is Drada and Kevin Doherty doing a job on on Shamrock Rovers. You know, the, the greatest team in recent memory, according to yourself. So, um, a, a lot has happened in the last um, what the last sort of these double headers. You see, stuff happens on Friday, and then it happens on Monday. You completely forget the Friday thing, but sometimes you have a team in crisis on Friday. That's top of the world on Monday and that's sort of the, the unpredictability of it all yeah I think in terms of unpredictability like Drogheda have now beaten the Dock at home uh, Dock lost like two or three games and they've beaten Shamrock Rovers at home and I think Derry City definitely met a managerial bounce um, and I as, as, as I was saying um, Dan like you know at these games the weekend, I was at both Sligo. I thought Sligo were very poor. I wasn't amazed Bucko lost his job. But at the same time, I wasn't amazed that Bowes were beaten last night because they look they look a patchy team. Um, it could be time right now to go to Keith Long because he does talk about the yes. departure of Buckley afterwards. So um, let's hear from Keith Long after the game in Inchicore. Um, that was a mad game. It was never a 3-0 anyway. Um, yeah, we're not sure how we go in, but we do. 2-0 down at halftime, so... Um, having dominated a lot of the, sec- uh, the first half um, we, we can see it a bad goal it's a, it's a mistake it's a costly mistake and to be fair to, to the striker he finishes it well I haven't seen it back uh, but it looks like he found the, the, the bottom of the corner so uh, from a good angle from an angle um, so uh, but it was a mistake and, and we grew into the game well we created chances we passed the ball around quite well um, and we opened them up um, a number of times and they can be thankful for the goalkeeper for their goalkeeper for the save that he made in in the first half, um, and, and right on the stroke of half time, we can see the second goal, which you know it sort of it takes uh, 
it takes a lot of the, the positives out of the first half performance because at one nil the game's completely different. The dynamic changes a little bit at two nil, and then then you you know the, I suppose the disappointing aspect of our second half display is that we didn't create enough chances and we didn't work the goalkeeper enough. And you're just saying there you haven't had back to back wins this season. Was that the game on Friday night? You, you beat Sligo and uh, there seemed to be a great atmosphere there. Like. Uh, people chanted your name at the end and is it just hard to in this league to have back to back wins I suppose um, well listen we haven't managed to do it mm. so um, and that's that's been extremely disappointing from our perspective you know it's um you know, you can only look at the teams that that have, have won consecutive games or put gone on a little run. They climb the table very quickly. So, uh, we've been inconsistent. Um, you know, and that's that's been you know a huge disappointment uh, to us. Um, lots of positive, like I say, tonight in the first half. But we've lost the game. The scoreline um, is 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 not good from our perspective. And um, you know, it's probably a little bit misleading. But at the same time, we didn't. We didn't work the, the opposition goalkeeper enough in the second half. We didn't force or draw a number of saves from the goalkeeper second half. So, and um, you know, yeah, Friday Monday games, another game on Friday. We're disappointed tonight, but we we have to try and uh, go and win a game against Strada, who I believe have just beaten Rovers mm. tonight. So, um, the league is Andy. very tight. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. And but. Uh, like I said, if you go on a consistent run, win a few games, put back-to-back wins together, you climb the table quite quickly. The amount of players you lost, I suppose, is it inevitable you will be consist- inconsistent because you've had so much of a transition? Um, yeah, I suppose I have to be careful because like, it takes time to replace those players, that's mm. for sure. Um, um, and it, it, you know it's not easy in one window to do and we've got another transfer window coming up in, on the 1st of July um, so we have an opportunity to possibly get one or two players in if we possibly can but you know, you know we have to get good value for players we have to get the right players in we have to go get the players in that are going to make the squad better and sometimes that can be easier said than done and uh, I don't want to be um, frivolous in terms of throwing money at players and, and, and so on I believe there's value um, for, for, for players I believe we can get good players and attract good players to the club but it'll have to be you know uh, you know we're not just throwing money at, at, at players because the, the league has to be responsible it has to be a sustainable football league you're around long enough to see what can go well, on I, you know clubs can overspend and over uh, overreach the target and I think we've got to try and do it in a sustainable way and I know um, we've had our biggest budget for a number of years um, and we've steadily improved over the last number of years European competition has helped you know we're disappointed not to be in it again this year and we're in a massive massive fight to try and get back there this year you know we've a lot to do and if we can bring in a player or two that can influence the dressing room to make us a little bit better to help the team that's what we'll try and do Influence the dressing room is that's an interesting because obviously Buckley must have been some, some loss in that regard well, influence the dressing room in terms of professionalism, mm. in terms of character, leadership, experience, all those type of things. So um, we're a young side. Um, we do have some experienced players in the team, and you know I, I still think that we will improve and get better. You know, the display or the, the scoreline doesn't uh, reflect, like I said, maybe the first half performance for sure uh, tonight from our perspective. But um, if we can, we'll try and bring in you know a little bit of experience, get the mix right. You know, get get like I said good value um, you know and not play pay over the odds for mm. uh, for want of a better description average players and Jamie Mullins came in tonight so lovely touches um, is he a player that you think will kind of develop as the season goes on 
Well, Jamie, yeah, he's played a number of minutes for us. He's been around the first team squad for a while now. And, you know, Jamie's a technician. He's a good, a good footballer. He can, he can, you know, his ball mastery is quite good. He's Like he, like I said, he's, he's got a good first touch. He's got a good brain, a good football brain. So, um, you know, uh, Jamie's been with us a little while now and, and hopefully he can continue to try and get minutes. But he has to earn those minutes. It's like mm. everybody else, you know. You can't just give boys... Minutes because they're they're young and they're talented. You have to you have to earn them. And and in the way he James, James um, did you say Jamie Mullins or James McMahon? Jamie Mullins, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, you, you know James McMahon has comes yeah, on again, yeah. again tonight. So um, for us, uh, and I thought he did really well when he came on. I know it's easy when you're three 0 down maybe to to come in and play, but you know we've got a couple of young boys that we're we've got high hopes for. And uh, like I said, we've always tried to give players a chance, but we've got to win games as well, Johnny. You know, let's. We, you know, let's put a run together and try and go on a bit of a run. But you know, at the at the, at the moment, we haven't been able to do that, and that's uh, reflected in the position we sit in the table. Just briefly, do you think the league is improving in terms of like the, the crowds are good? Um, what do you make the standard relative to all the years? Um, there's a disparity between. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of teams that are. In around the same, much much yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, um, there's a lot of teams that are in around the same level. You would imagine week on week, you see, you know, Rovers have got beaten tonight by Drada. Um, you know, Shelburne have gone on a fantastic run. I think they've won four in a row now. Mm. You know, they're, 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 they've climbed the table, they flipped their position in the table, you know, and, and so there's a lot of teams in the round that, you know, Dundalk have gone a consistent run, they've won games, and, you know, I don't know where that brings them. You know, Pats have been a little bit inconsistent, they've won more games than we have. And, and yeah, I suppose, listen, you can you can look around the league and I can have an opinion on the league, but solely uh, my focus has got to be on bows and, and, you know, trying to improve performances and results at the club because you know we're disappointed uh, where we sit in the table and we're disappointed with, with um, uh, I suppose the amount of games that we've won the amount of games that we've lost the amount of games that we've drawn we're disappointed with, with, with how the season has panned out so far but there is in my view um, hope for us and, and I think we, like I said we can get a player or two in to strengthen the squad to try and help uh, the squad improve well that's what we'll try and do but we'll try and do it like I said in a in a manner that that is sustainable that is, doesn't see us pay over the odds for players and Just finally you shake hands with Liam Buckley on Friday night and then he's gone like a few days later it's a, it's a tough gig and you, you have you have sympathy for someone like that he's been in the game that long and that's it Of course um, you know nobody it's not nice to see another manager lose his job and we week on week we know how difficult this job it can be um you know and that's the nature of competitive sport so um Liam has lost his job I'm sure I'm sure he'll find his way back into the game at some point um he, you know listen um yeah it's not nice to see other managers lose lose their jobs and and I think Sligo won again tonight so uh, they have their own reasons for what they, for the decisions that they've made and um you know, again, from the outside looking in, you know, Liam has got them Europe two years in a row. And, uh, you know, but obviously there's a bigger picture stuff and I don't see them play every week. And, um, yeah, like I said, it's not nice to see another manager lose his job. Yeah, um, I actually thought, I haven't spoken to Keith Long in, in, all season, actually, so I don't know what sort of humour he'd be in after the game. Um, he was actually quite chirpy, Dan. And he's he obviously made the point there about making signings and and you know, additions in the off-season and then the, the point about Buckley at the end, obviously. What I, what I thought was quite interesting about that was he doesn't seem he doesn't seem overcome by the, the quality in the league in general. And also, I think, Bows have a problem with them. Um, 
captaincy and leaders. They're just they're a rudderless looking team who shipped goals so easily last night. We're actually good for parts of the game. And a lot of their own fans aren't that happy. No, like I think there's there's definitely um there's discord in the ranks. And I mean, I think when you have a manager who's been around for a while as well, they're always going to be to the to the forefront of of that situation. You know, there's always going to be a bit more scrutiny on them. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it seems like they played very well last night in parts. You know, the review was that they'd sort of, you know, even in the early minutes, that they were sort of on top and that they they were probably the, the better side and yet they were sort of tunneled down. Like mm-hmm. that's sort of the very hard thing to sort of explain. Um, but I think I think there's probably a sort of a small bit of like the whole thing about leadership and stuff that you've like, that's, that's referenced. I mean, that was referenced in the off season. Like that was referenced beforehand. It was a real concern. And, and it's not just even Keith Buckley, as you sort of mentioned, but there's also sort of Rob Cornwall as well. Um, you know, who would have been a, a sort of a big figure there. And, you know, I suppose even, I know he's, I'm not sure if he's necessarily the leadership type, but even the sort of the character of someone like Georgie Kelly as well, like through the spine of the side, they sort of had a big presence and, and then it's sort of gone. Um, you find the both so, friends like Misgivings a bit mad though. I mean, wh- whatever you say about Keith Long this season, I don't think it's a great season. The list of players that they've lost, it's very hard to find to find those replacements in the League of Ireland. I think they shouldn't have let Jack Moylan go, um, but they've young players coming through and some of the signings you can argue with, but it's not that easy in that space of time to replace yeah, 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 yeah. them. No, no, but I think I think the, well, listen, Moylan sort of the, the elements of that are disputed. The one thing you would say is that you probably would have thought that they were strong enough in certain areas. Like, I mean, even you mentioned Jamie Mullins, he hasn't played maybe a huge amount. You would have been expected to kick on. Um, you know, Ali Cook can play central. Like, I mean, in reality, like Bowes are going to go back to the market, and their big issue is is going to be defence. But listen, I know what you're saying. About the pressure on Keith Long, and I generally tend to agree with you. But I, mean, I sometimes think as well in some of these smaller leagues where managers and people are accessible, like everyone sort of tends to say, "Oh, look, everyone's doing a great job, and nobody should be under any pressure." And it can be very sort of pally that way, you know. And um, I'm just conscious of coming across that way. Look, I think it's it's harsh that Liam Buckley lost his gig. I think it's a bit harsh to, to keep Long was under pressure, but then in saying that, you kind of have to respect also people who pay and go and watch them all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, I, and I think, you know, the the, the slight, the thing with the Buckley thing, I, I sort of feel with Liam Buckley sometimes, and maybe it's a very unfair stereotype, and I think like Liam Buckley did such a, I think he did an excellent job at Sligo Rovers because when he went there, I'm not sure how his appointment was greeted. He got Europe back to back, but you sort of see, you saw towards his time at Pats that he had a very good group. And then when things went a small bit south and they struggled, um, they struggled to sort of pull it back. You know, they struggled to sort of get it going again. And I sort of wonder, is, is, is he one of those managers who comes in, gets a good group, gets them playing, but to galvanise them and regroup when they've hit the ropes a bit, is he someone that is going to necessarily sort of transform a team's fortunes when they're on a bit of a low. You can debate that. Like, it's a debating point. I think if a job come up tomorrow, Liam Buckley would be a great fit for so many jobs, yeah, you know, because yeah, get the team playing in a way. But you sort of wonder, like, you know, sometimes teams that are mid-table, I mean, this is the nature of football, 
in anywhere. Like after two or three years, they just need a new voice sometimes, as unfair as that might be. doesn't mean they've done a bad job. It just means that maybe sometimes... This is this is this is what you do. Dundalk you know? are, um, are playing Pats on Friday, and again, like it's week week after week, the fixtures are just so um, compelling. And this 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 is a staggering one for me, Dan. If Dundalk win on Friday, they sorry if they win their game in hand, they're five points five points behind Shamrock Rovers. They've just crept up out of nowhere. They're basically they're the moral second in the league at the moment. If they win their game in hand, they've lost two games. I don't think they were great at Finn Harris, but they got the job done. And they obviously beat Derry. And all of a sudden, I think there's a feeling that the dog can't, they're actually not getting the credit this run deserves. Well, there you are, the dog. But I think what that shows is, Johnny, is that any team in this league that wins three or four in the bounce will fight. Like, Shells have done that now. And all of a sudden, they've gone from Will yeah, Shells pulled into relegation. So, you know, Shells were sort of in the top half, you know. So, like, and I have to say, like, I, mean, I saw Shells against Pats last week, and what they are is they're fit. But more than anything, and I think it's a very significant thing, they're very unified. You know, mm. they really, um, they, they, they look like they enjoy playing with each other. They look like they're sort of bought into it together. And everyone can look like that when they're winning. But they're sometimes... Yeah, and like, you know, you, you see them um, on social media. I think they like enjoy going out together after games and stuff like that. You, you see you see the pictures, you know, that they sort of socialise together on their non-football days and they sort of look like a team that's sort of bonded. I, that does matter in the league, you know. I mean, I think I think the thing about Dundalk all season, the vibes were from people there. It was, you know, who knows where they are ability-wise, but the dressing room, which was all over the place the last couple of years, it wasn't a happy camp. You know, there was people who didn't like each other, people who weren't mad about managers or weren't mad about the owners or whatever. They've completely got that um, that show back on the road. And I think that stands, stands to you. I think we probably have to, I mean, listen, I would have been raving about Derry on this show probably last Eight week. Eight points from the last 27, haven't gotten 23 of the first 27. Yeah, like after the Tala game, being so impressed by them. And, I did look at their fixtures and I thought that the next two, I think I mentioned this in a debate with someone somewhere, their next two games were tough, but then after that, the, the next four games, I think they're all winnable for them. Like it's just the way things are like, and, and the dog are a small bit coming off the back of this. You, you can get a run of fixtures where, you know, you fancy yourself to sort of, to, to win a couple. And, and some of the teams have that, like Rovers have had that in various times and Derry are coming into that where they could get a, a couple of wins together. But when I said it would be tough for them against Dundalk and Sligo, like I thought they might drop points in one of the games or maybe, or maybe you know, a win and a draw or maybe two draws, not taking zero, um, which is a which is a dramatically bad response. And, and it does suggest that, to be fair, I didn't think there was anything wrong with them in Tala really. But you would have to worry if their confidence has been affected a small bit by a couple of the knocks they've had, and they probably they need the break now. Yeah. You know, they probably do need they probably do need that break. But um, listen, we all we all need a break in life, Johnny. Break, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm 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 down here. I tell yeah. you what we'll do I, now. I, I will I will say that um I was at the, a few of the hacks today, and one of them was like, "Why is Dan doing the podcast down there? Can he not just enjoy a day off and and have his holiday?" But apparently, he can't. Uh. Well, this was a sense of duty, but why don't we only go and actually now? We'll do the mailbag after. Let's go and hear your chat with, uh, with James Banklin now. 
Uh, James, it's, it's hard to believe you, you have to go to you have to go back to school now, have you? are preparing for the leaving. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the life I'm living right now, uh, training and skill, but it's great. And leaving to it, it's also another challenge that I'm looking forward to. Um, hopefully, I just go in and do my best. How like how important is the leaving start for you? Because I think um, I suppose from even from a racing background myself, they people just don't go through that education system and they maybe don't see that. Yeah, uh, no, the leaving to uh, leaving to is really important to me. Um, as you see in football, um, many people who get injured, um, careers just end up getting cut very short. Um, and I feel like leaving is a good backup plan for me, just mm. to have, um, just in case something doesn't go wrong. So tell us about your backstory. You've you've been around the country uh, already at your tender age. Um, so tell us about that actually. Yeah, um, I was born in Warford. Um, from there I moved to Salbridge, from Salbridge to Lucan, from Lucan to Donegal, um, from Donegal to Longford, and then now back to Lucan again. So being about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's that like? Um, it's. I mean, a lot of us we just stay in one place and we go to college or whatever. Uh, at the start it was quite tough. Um, but as I kept moving, I kept getting adapted to it. Um, obviously you're leaving friends behind and uh, many other things, but you just do end up getting used to it uh, mm. at the end. Yeah, and like, so when you're a kid, then are you? Do you have like black friends, white friends, all the mix, or you know, as you're moving around the country? Yeah. No, I do. I don't really discriminate between black or white. So. Whoever comes up approaches me, or even I just go approach. I don't mind black or mm. white. Yeah. What was it like being raised in Ireland um, as a black kid? Yeah. Um, it was. It was okay. Um, like I remember, obviously experiencing a bit of racial abuse in Longford before this at the start when I started playing there. Um, for, Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, I was playing a match, and I think I must have. Um, gives one of their parents' kids a strong tackle, um, and then I heard him say something from the sideline. But luckily, my dad was there on the day. Um, he obviously went over and then had a few words with him just to, it's like, wonder why he was saying such things. Um, because you know the nature there. of their conversation then when your dad and his dad like what did they what did he say? I wouldn't have had a clue to be honest. But um, I was just there trying to enjoy my football and then just hearing that from the side is just not great at all. But I've got over a long time now, so yeah. Without like putting a positive spin on that, like if that is your only proper experience, that's that's not bad in terms of the amount of games you've already played. Uh, yeah, well, I haven't heard much. Um, obviously, playing you don't really listen to the fans, and so hopefully, um, the, that's the only um, time of experience. And uh, Touchwood doesn't happen again. Yeah, I mean, it was a kind of a cumbersome comparison, but I was saying you were a bit like a young Paul McGrath earlier this season. Um, are you aware of the great history of him, obviously, at St. Pat's as well? Um, well before your time? Yeah, well before my time. I'll have to look into him a bit more, but I know of Paul, so mm. yeah, I just know he was a great defender uh, for Pat's, obviously, Ireland as well, so. Yeah, I guess just your time at Pat's, Stephen O'Donnell kind of entrusted you early. Tim Clancy came in. Um, it must be great that at that age you can be brought in. We saw Sam Curtis last night as well. Yeah, um, obviously at 17, um, given the chance to step up and play with the first team, I'd obviously like to thank uh, Stephen and the backroom staff for giving me that chance, um, the opportunity. Um, also for Sam as well, quite young, 16, um, playing the first team, it's great. Um, for also the League of Ireland, um, and I'm sure there's many more great young players to come through. Mm. Who's the toughest player you've played so far? Toughest player I've played in the League of Ireland now. Um, I'd say promise, promise I'm a share from both. Yeah, he's uh, obviously you weren't playing last night, but um, you like him. Yeah, he's a tough physical presence, so it's always a good battle between you know. And your international games as well. Yeah, um, 
they're going well. Um, obviously we've got um even got a left foot of goal. Yeah, left foot goal against England. Um, wouldn't be known for scoring goals now, but um, I just got into that position and then I just thought I'd shoot. If you don't shoot, you don't score. That's what they say. So, yeah. are you proud to represent Ireland at underage level? And I presume it's a obviously an ambition going forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm always proud anytime I have the jersey on. Um, it's always a pleasure to wear. The green jersey and hopefully going forward I can hopefully break into the first team you'd like to commit to Ireland going forward yeah, yeah 100% and um, just your, your general game like you, you kind of strike me as a bit of an old school centre back is that is that harsh? Uh, nah that's, that's alright um, I love to obviously uh, win tackles 1v1 battles um, I feel like I'm also a quick centre back um, getting like to get around the pitch so yeah yeah what can you improve on? Um, probably heading the ball really? <laughs> yeah heading the ball yeah like I feel that's like, interesting because like you're a tall centre back. Yeah, yeah, it's just well, just the timing of um, getting up off the ground. I feel like I jump too early sometimes, so mm. the ball ends ends up going over my head. So just need to practice on that, and I have been practicing that in training. So what's it been like working with uh, Tim Clancy and his backroom team this season? Yeah, Tim's been great with me. He's been great with all the young players. Um, obviously you can see, um, he's trusting a lot of the young players: Ben, Dara, Sam, myself. Um. Uh, deny him, Dinty, um, all them being right with mm. so far. So, yeah. And the move to Udinese, like, I mean, how exciting is that? Uh, just trying to think uh, as a 17 year old with your whole life ahead of you. 18 now, but. Uh, 18, sorry, apologies. Uh, no, it's great. Um, it's a great opportunity for myself and um, also for my family. Uh, Are they going to move over? Uh, no, I've told them that mm. I'll be alright on my own. So, mm. um, just any chance to get over to come over, uh, they'll do that. Um, <laughs> How are you, Jer? But uh, yeah, it's a it's a great opportunity for myself. I'm looking forward to it and can't wait to get started with them. What 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 will happen when you go over there then? Like, how does the training work for you then? Are you straight into it? Yeah, um, straight into. Uh, pre-season with their first team um, with the first team yeah. that, it's hard to believe isn't it yeah I know honestly um, I'm not sure where they're going yeah um, but all I know is trying to pre- uh, pre-season with them what do you know about the management team and the players and all that yeah well I know they're all very friendly um, very nice uh, speak to approach uh, I haven't really spoken to the manager yet I've obviously been over there um, said hello and had a couple of words but nothing too um, deep so mm. yeah yeah, how excited are you? I'm really excited. Yeah. Um, it's obviously a great opportunity for myself, so just can't wait to get going. Yeah, and just as well before we finish up, the, the academy at Pats as well, just it's bearing fruit with all these players coming through. Yeah, um, obviously you can see uh, the behind, well, the behind the scenes um, at Pats, uh, they work really well. Um, all the academy managers, um, right from the academy managers up, up into the first team, like bringing players into the first team, they've been great with doing that. Um, and if you're playing well, they give you the opportunity. Um, so that's the advice I give to all the young players as well down at the academy: just keep playing, keep training well, and hopefully they do get that chance to step up to the first yeah, team. Because some leagues you don't really get a chance as a young player. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's the thing: once you do get the chance as a young player, you need to snatch it, grab it, and um, just keep giving it your all. Yeah, I think uh, just finish up was the nice thing you said is you don't differentiate between white, black and white. But what would you say to young black kids growing up who want to aspire to be the next uh, Paul McGrath or even James Evangra? Um, just get the head down. Just keep working hard. Um, don't let what you hear outside the pitch um, get into your head. Um, just keep enjoying your football, and that's the most important thing. Yeah, Dan, I was kind of. Um rushing at the end because it was, James had to leave at 12 o'clock for school or something like that and you're just like what, what, what sort of mildly what, sort of mildly terrifying yeah as like a 
nearing a 40 year old who he's never met, like telling him, sorry, James, it's like, can you chat a bit longer here so I can fill my copy or whatever? And I actually, it was, it was an interesting day out there. And um, I, I actually was very encouraged. James Abankman effectively has had one racist incident that he's known of in his football career so far. And in general, I loved his attitude where he's like, listen, I don't care what, what the colour of the person is beside me. I treat everyone the same. He kept his head down. I didn't realise he'd been all over Ireland so far. And he's That's very- what I couldn't believe, to be honest. Yeah. I, was, I, was, I was astonished by the... Uh, the breadth of sort of the travel, the different places he lived in. And I suppose there's... Um, He's there's probably a, training with the first team of you today. It's mad. It's a great, it's a greater story to tell. But anyway, listen, I know after you spoke to James and you had a good chat with Brian Kerr, which I think initially you, you covered a little bit of the ground of the, the, the event you're at and then some interesting stuff about... Uh, we love our interesting about the the, the, the the managerial picture around the league at the moment. So I think people will enjoy this chat, this lengthy chat you had with Brian. Brian, you're involved in Sari for some time. I guess this stuff does mean a lot to you. Well, it's always it's always been something close to my heart. I I, I don't know where it originally came from that I I felt that, you know it's life should be about one race, uh, one human race, and people should all of all colours and backgrounds and cultures and ethnicities should be treated with with the same respect. And you know, as you as you get go on in life, you you discover that that may not be the case, and that some people have dreadful, disgusting attitudes towards people that have uh, that might be a bit different from how they are and it might be to do with colour or it might be to do with sexuality or it might be to do with 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 something else um, it might be to do with a disability or whatever it is and I just think that you know um, that sometimes you have to you have to say your piece and you have to do your piece and have to put a foot down and, and actually do something about it rather than just talk about it and I've always felt very comfortable working with with this organisation with Sari because they do stuff we do stuff on the ground we don't put up we don't put up many posters about you know racism isn't good <laughs> and there should be no room for racism. Sorry, actually do things and we organise events that are multicultural, inclusive, respectful, fun, and they're around sport. They're mostly around around football. Until a few years ago, we expanded into other sports, but it's something that's been important to me. I've always. Uh, highly value the contribution of of, of players um, of a different background or black players that we've had here at St. Pat's and we've had in the international teams when I work with the international teams and um, I've you know always tried to be inclusive on that I had black staff working with the teams when I was manager because I I thought that was important that the staff represented the mix that we had in the teams and um, that was a bit before its time maybe was it I don't know whether it was before its time, but it, it, I mean, there was black players playing the Irish international team for 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 a good time before that. Mm-hmm. One of them, Chris Hewton, was he, he he was the first black player to play for Ireland. He was probably the first black coach to work with the Irish international team. But I mean, he was he was a great coach. I mean, that was the first reason. But I, in my own head, it was a little bit of an interesting angle in that himself and Adam Books were going to work with us. And we had the players at the time like Clinton Morrison and, and Stephen Reid and others, Stephen Kelly, who started to emerge after that. And that's continued on now. And um, 
uh, we see the influence of the young black players coming into the team now and how it's it, it, it's changed the profile of the team. But it's also made us better. And I I did understand and I did predict that that would happen 20 years ago when I was working with the development officers in the FAI. I, uh, I made a point of telling them that at that time, that it was a great opportunity for us, the, the changing demogra- demographic of Irish uh, Irish people and you were saying this twenty years ago. You you fairly called it right because like it's been. You look at the under fifteen team, uh, three black kids. I think the other day Un- under seventeen team, three kids from Albanian background playing for us last year. It's amazing. Like yeah, but but uh, I, it, it wasn't then that I I. It was just about the black players. It was that we were going to have a different mix in Ireland because of uh, Immig- immigration into the country, mm. um, and whether that was it was going to be because of the expansion of the EU, and there were going to be people, people coming here from you know Latvia, Lithuania, Poland, whatever. Uh, you mentioned Albania, who are not part of the EU, but but uh, like like ourselves. For hundreds of years, there's always people in countries who have reason to move, and uh, often it's for economic reasons. It's often uh, it may be for family reasons. It may be for persecution. It may be because they are under pressure within their own co- country because of political views or whatever it is. But um, I did think back then that that there was a potential for us to have different type of teams with a different uh say dna in that that that, that people coming from those countries or whether it be black players who are who their parents were uh, african originally before they came to ireland that they would bring something in terms of their their their, their physical attributes that would be different from the general irish uh, sporting teams that we've had for years and years and years, which were, you know, <laughs> they were the same makeup for for many many years. Um, I you know, the, the, I, I I saw the the potential in there mm. that at that time that that could become the case if those communities were given the opportunity and nurtured properly as well and. Um, Look, you know, so, so, so it's no big deal to say, well, you're right in thinking that might happen. It, it, it has happened kind of organically nearly and um, it's because, because of the numbers and because of the desire, the ambition, the dedication, dedication of the parents to get their kids into sport and to keep them in sport and to give them good standards and principles and the, the, you know, the, the ambition of the, of the kids um, to, to to make a breakthrough and 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 to to put in the hours in terms of practice and training, mm. and uh, and then those other other physical attributes mm. come to the fore then uh, that that make them better than many of the other kids that they're competing with at the same age. Yeah. So we're seeing it now in Ireland across the board at all levels of of sport and football and. You know, even gay the games and hoarding, and um, we've had a, a few in the past, but more and more we're seeing it in our Irish international, mm. so in our club teams in the League mm. of Ireland, and in our international teams, and particularly the underage teams in the in the academies of the of the clubs in the League of Ireland. I think that's where it's probably probably more most noticeable going into our international teams, as you said, you said, and uh, and our senior team now, of course, as well. 
not the, the ones in the past haven't done their stuff and you know Paul McGrath and players like Stephen Kelly and player, you know, Clinton, Clinton in this time Stephen Reid players like that have made a great contribution to our to our international teams and going back further as I said with with, with, um, with Chris Hewton and others but now I think they're becoming more prominent and, and more important I think to the the to represent them what Irish society is now as well. Mm. They will be, they they they, they can be the, the ones the, the the ones the models for many other kids to aspire mm. to that level of football or to aspire to achieve their dreams and you know represent Ireland and 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 make us more more successful I would hope as well in the future as we were uh, looking at some of the photos there Liam Buckley celebrating the Pats win in be 98 maybe something like that 97, 98 and he's come a long way in the game since then and what was your reaction to him losing his job at Sligo? Well first of all he was Liam came here uh, in 94 mm. I think he, I signed him in 94 I, I, I suggested him I help out with the B team and he might play the odd match to guide some of the young players where was he uh, before that then actually he had been he had been at Shamrock Rovers uh, and he had had a lot of injury trouble I think mm. he'd actually dropped out he might have been playing for Manertown in mm. the last league but he came here and he actually ended up that season 95-96 Lane played nearly every match that season mm. centre midfield for us and then he went on to, to manage the team a couple of years later to win the league um, and we had a reunion of the 95-96 team the day before the FAI Cup final in uh, November uh, before Patsby Bowes we had, a, we had a day out with that team and Liam was there and with, with all those players with the, the four Galway lads with, mm. uh, from that time Ricky O'Flaherty and O'Meara uh, Peter Carpenter, Johnny Glenn, we had the whole team, it was a great day. But uh, yeah, I, I was in Sligo last week um, for the Sligo Rovers versus St. Patrick's Athletic game and I uh, I asked somebody how were how things and they said ah, they weren't too happy with how it was going and I kind of got a sense that there was a bit of, there was a, there was a bit of pressure on Liam, uh, I felt, which I... I was I was disappointed to hear, and I I, I I I watched the game and the game was very even. It was a very good match, one one draw. I thought it was a fair result. I was in touch with Dave Campbell actually after the match as mm. well, and he, he agreed with me. It was a fair result. Both teams could have won it in the second half, and um, you know I I was surprised to hear that after the defeat against Sligo at the weekend that Sligo I, it was mutual consent and all that. But I'd say but I see Sligo mm. have. have, have cut Liam's time short I, I think one of the problems like like a few clubs like I'd say Pats and Bowes to a degree they've had a, a lot of turnover um, of players in the summer uh, sorry in the in the in the, in the, the out season yeah. in the off season much more than they would have wanted and so I go some case with the lots John Mann and, and uh, John Kenny who were key players for them and I think it, it was it was difficult for them if you're not signing players from within the league of Ireland that you're guaranteed or you feel fairly comfortable that they're definitely going to better be better than what you had it's 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 a, a risky business and a, it's not a perfect art by any means so I think Liam was in the position that, that he was hoping a bit like 
I would think Keith Long is many most seasons and uh, Timmy Clancy was here to a degree you're hoping that some of the players that you're bringing in whether it be loan is or fellas from that played in other leagues around Europe or in Sligo's case uh, in New Zealand that they're going to adapt to League of Ireland they're going to be good enough to get you results in what has now become quite a competitive league same thing with Ollie Hogan every year mm. you look at the, the players he brought in mm. and I, I've seen Finn Harps a couple of times and said they, as the season goes on they'd be better they'll, they'll, teams will find it more difficult they have some really good technical players but it's, it's a matter of getting the right team and the pitch and the right combination of players that are able to win you matches and, and get results so from Liam's point of view I, I, I think that was um, that was something that he wasn't sure about That he, and there is no guarantee about that but having made the progress he's made over the last a couple of seasons at Sligo, he would have been hoping that that continued, even though you're losing two of your key players. I mean, goal scorers are so important. I know you got um, um, Kenneth come in, Keane rather come in, and he started very well. And I firmly believe they started the season too well, mm. given the squad of players mm. he had. They won the first, they won three and through three the first three games. They were exceptionally good there. The mm. night to beat the Pats and the. Uh, second league game of the season. The same uh, sorry, it was actually the first game for Sligo. I, mean, I think um, I think they I think Sligo didn't play the first week. Shells. Yeah, it might have been called yeah. off. Sligo the same play. people who were saying this is an amazing Sligo team then were calling for his head the other week. Well, I don't know who those people are, but mm. I'm saying my impression of it then was, I said they've started Sligo have started too well. They're mm. going to start thinking they're going to be in contention. Mm. They've not. They've no real right mm. to think they're going to be better than. Shamrock Rovers are obviously very settled. Uh, Derry, who Rory Higgins had time to have a good look at it last year, and obviously it was a very heavy heavy investment. And the majority of those players that he was able to bring in were players who were good League of Ireland players, yeah. who he knew, who had shown that they, they know what the league is about. Mm. They weren't ones where there's a risk factor in it, but they don't know the league, as I said. Uh, competing with, 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 with the other teams, with... Uh, Bohemians who have been very steady over recent years uh, and Keith and Trevor know the league and know the play uh, and with, with, with Pats who have obviously reinvested in the team it, it was always going to be very competitive for Sligo around those positions mm. of second third. I mean I always felt it would be Rovers to win the league again I thought Derry would be competitive mm. but I always thought realistically uh, after Rovers it could be anybody in second, third, fourth, fifth mm. between um, Derry, Sligo, Bohemians, uh, Dundalk, of course, Shelbourne and Pats. That, uh, yeah. You know, it was unlikely that Shelbourne were going to be uh, really up there unless, uh, unless again, the, the, the team that, that Damien had put together mm. surprised everyone because, again... And Dundalk surprised you. If they're, if, they're, if they're six points off top if they win their game in hand. Um, have they surprised me? No, not particularly. I mean, Dundalk would have had a, a, a huge um, wage bill in, in recent years and they had a huge staff of players and they had the, the ability to attract players because of their, their recent success. So the, 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 the remnants of that were still there. I mean, I'm sure there's been a cut in the budget maybe from 
few from recent seasons. But there was a there was a hell of a good squad of players there last year that didn't they, they lost a few players obviously to to Derry when Rory Higgins took took mm. the lads and the Derry lads went back to that back to Derry and um, Patrick McEnany and, and and Michael Duffy and then a couple of other lads went. But um, I'm not I'm not surprised the league is how it is at the moment that it's Shamrock Rovers and Derry and the others are, are chasing those. Mm. Um, I, I did think there you, when I saw them again when I saw them here they were exceptionally good when they beat Batsford or nothing and they looked a very strong team since then the results they won the only two draws in the last five games that that, that mm. surprised me and that's evened it up then again between all those other teams who were competitive and have you have you mellowed on Stephen O'Donnell going to Dundalk and obviously the controversy last season uh, mellow I, I, no I, I didn't change my mind in that I, I still say that it, it was it was a horrible thing to do it was, it was a dreadful dreadful scenario and I was usually disappointed uh, as everyone who around Pats was you know I don't know how the players felt about mm. it but certainly supporters and people involved in the management of the club and no I, I, I wouldn't I, Look, I, I can hold my hand up and say loyalty has always been important to me. Mm. I lived my football life that way. I didn't play for many teams. I didn't manage many teams. I didn't change teams because somebody might offer me more money or whatever. Uh, so I don't have a problem with saying that. I, I, but, you know, they have moved on. He's moved on. He's doing his job. Pats are getting on with it here. But the turmoil of that time caused by him leaving uh, the repercussions of that are still around here the team hasn't been as consistent in any way as it was last season the team had been Stephen was allowed time to build the team over a couple of seasons here and you were kind of getting to the stage with the end of last season and won the cup that you were saying well in the, you know maybe another couple of additions we could compete uh, realistically with Rovers well last year we, some bats said they finished second so I gone Pats gave him a bit of a run to it up until the last series of games when Rovers beat Pats and then it was over but they didn't really compete for the title mm. as such so you were hoping that but you know that 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 that, that, that floundered once that, that happened and that you know if the, mind, the manager's mind wasn't on that team building for the next season you have to be already thinking about the next season when you're getting when you're halfway through one season irrespective of how it's going you have to be thinking that's about, the crucial point yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you look, if you're looking at uh, uh, at Jürgen Klopp mm. he's not sitting there three weeks ago saying we, we could win the league this year, we, could win, we mightn't win the league, win the championship, and that'd be grand. I just can't He's thinking of where am I as a mm. guards next season? The work is going, the discussions are going on about the recruitment, what players, every club works like that. Well, and I guess it, what hurts you then is that his mind wasn't on like what will Pats be like in 2022 necessarily, whereas no team can he has to build for the future. Uh, well, look, it was what everyone would feel that, mm. you know, that it, 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 it was so sudden. There was obviously something going on, I would suggest, before the end of the season. And that uh, the preparations that were necessary for the next season weren't, weren't being done properly. Mm. I mean, the recruitment that was done in terms of players was... was um, 
was kind of based on maybe on on what Tim Clancy felt would be necessary once he came in. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if Tim Clancy had been involved with Pats for six months before that, like Rory Higgins was at Derry, where you were able to assess the players that are there to your judgment of what you think is necessary for us to be competitive next year, that changes the scenario. What they did was, uh, once the picture was clear and Timmy was in, and, and players had left and Robbie Benson is going to Dundalk and Sam Bowen is, is going to Dundalk and John Mountain is going to Dundalk and then there's obviously a little bit of wheeling and dealing going on of other players trying to be attracted away that might have felt comfortable with the manager that don't mm. know about the new managers it just causes upset and turmoil around the club any club I'm not saying this club in particular but any club would be thrown into that bit of turmoil you've got to plan for the future in the game any half decent club at any level mm. is looking ahead and saying where are we you know and, and like they they are planning for what players they might recruit for the next season but you don't you're not expecting when it's gone as well as that that's kind of the next day it's all changed but look you see a manager it. there I suppose yeah like he's doing he's doing well at Dundalk he did a great season at Pats last week well he was given the job at Pats because they saw a promise a manager they saw someone who had the potential mm. to be a manager be it that he had no experience but they saw someone obviously in the in the in the process that took place in order to appoint Stephen um, someone that had to be the potential but he had a lot of good guidance here around him he got all the matches with him here who was a very experienced manager who had obviously around the League of Ireland had, had success and knew, knew the league and knew what was required and knew players and his experience of man management and players and different scenarios I think was a, was a big help so that but there's no doubt about it he showed his potential as a manager in building the, building the team mm. and the squad they had here to win the cup last year What about Tim Clancy then? Well, Tim is another lad that plays me, just like Stephen. You know, that's how it is now. All the players who are mad. Imagine that they all played. <laughs> all played. You're going to go, yeah. oh, they're the managers now. They, at some yeah. stage, they played with teams. I don't say they played for me. They played on teams I managed. I was lucky to have all of them and to be with them and do great. I have great time for them all individually, mm. including Stephen. He was an interesting character when he was a young player in the youth teams at Arsenal and with the underage international teams. How so, Patrick actually? Patrick Craig. Patrick Craig, another interesting in that he changed. He became a more experienced player and a better person mm. and a more a more focused individual, I think, about the game. Rather than he's a young player, he, I would have felt he was a bit scattered and he had a, a lot to say in, in, in places where he maybe shouldn't have said as much. But he had real ability uh, and then he matured as a person, as a player, a brilliant player he was. But, you know, Patrick Craig was another one played. But, but Timmy, about Timmy and Jonathan Daly played in the underage international teams in different teams in a couple of years between them. And, um, oh, I just watched what Timmy did continue his career. Or in Scotland, that he survived. He, he took a good old career in, in Scotland, mostly in the Premier League. And then he came back and played a bit here. And then he started, you know, management in, in Drogheda. And I just looked at Drogheda and went, he did all right there, you know, he got up out of, the, out of the league and stayed in it. And any time I saw his team playing, they looked organised and, and got the best out of him. So he, 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 he was, 
it was all so awkward for him coming in here at short notice, not thinking. I'm sure his head was probably around where we would draw it for next year, we plans. Uh, some of the other stuff that's, that didn't make the cut there, Dan, he was talking about seeing Paul McGrath the first time and bringing Curtis Fleming. And um, he made interesting points about kind of talking to people in football like 20 years ago where he said, like, our DNA is changing here and we need to kind of be ready for this and embrace it. And um, it's obviously come true and all that, but obviously I think the, the points people will want to us to reflect on is his, you know, I thought his comments to Stephen O'Donnell there were, were quite um, notable. Um, yeah, well, I think, I think, I think, I think, you know, like it was obviously a very fraught situation in which Stephen O'Donnell left some paths, you know, and um, I think even, I think in the various stages of grief, the paths went through. I think there was definitely one where they tried to convince himself he wasn't that good. You know, people were going on about, ah, oh, listen, it's all about recruitment or, yeah. you know, ah, uh, you know, he, he signed some duds in the first year yeah, and all this. And, like, and it's like, uh, you're just looking at this going, oh, this is just purely a stage of grief here. It's like, you, you listen to players after the cup final talk about how a culture at Pats was all wrong, you know, and the likes of sort of Birmingham and Lee Desmond too. And I know Lee Desmond was miffed over and going, but like they sort of saw a club that was drifting. It was put back on course and yeah. then he left. And and listen, I you know, I'd be a big fan. I think like yourself, I think we'd be big believers in sort of Tim Clancy's ability. And I think it's probably, I think, although they did win last night, it's funny, I, I feel like there's a, a bit of work to do there for him maybe to get that dressing room the way he wants it to be. And and you definitely worry about some of, of maybe how poor they were at times against Shells, even though they've turned it around, thankfully from their perspective and beaten Bows. But what you can't take away from the fact is that O'Donnell is like is an excellent coach slash manager. Um, now, I mean, the one thing I would say about them, dog, I don't think it's unfair to point it out. Like, things were so bad for them there last year and it was such a shambles. They start, they are still able to retain, you know, Boyle and Hooban. Um, you know, you've got Robbie Benson back there. Uh, Brian Gartland is still there. Okay, Greg Slogger didn't win a league there, but he, he won a cup. You know, Daniel Kelly was there for the good times. Like, it's not as if, you know, Keith Ward has been around the place. It's not like they're a team of kids, you know. It's not like a new team. Like, it's a new team in some ways. And in other ways, it's, it's, it's got still a, a good experience core. But what they have is um, a very good management team, very good manager. Um, they've sensational home form. Um, and what they've started to do now is pick up a couple of wins away. But like, you know, I think that that every club in this league season this year, those middle teams, it's it's like talking to a golfer in a clubhouse. You're not a golfer, but generally, if you go to a bar after a round of golf, you're not a golfer. Well, no, I, but I, it's because I know you for twenty years. You don't play golf. It's not. It's not that you're not. You're not. Not the, the stock. Like you, you, like you go to the south of France for a couple of days. Like you totally play golf. Duffer was drinking wine when he was debating the shell shop in the south of France. But, 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 but I guess, but, but I guess what I'm saying is that every golfer will always tell you about the putts they missed. You know, you get chatting to some fellow like, "How did you get on today? What what score did you have?" Uh, 30 points, but you should have seen the. Like, no one, no one cares, right? But, but I think that everyone in that league like Dundalk would look at it and go well if we hadn't conceded that those like, if we hadn't lost against or you know, dropped the points against UCD and that last minute goal in Talca that would be what four more points you know yeah. where would where would they be they'd be five behind Robert you know 
Bowes can do similar with some of their goals they've conceded after the 60 minutes. You know, everyone can do a little bit of that. Derry can reflect on sort of certain near misses. But it, as I said, it just shows that a team that puts a bit of consistency together can, can do well. And what I would say definitely about Dundalk is, and I did really think it was a two-horse title race, and I still feel that Derry are ahead of them. But I, I did I did meet um, some people involved with the ownership, shall we say, at a recent trip to Oriel. They certainly made it clear that if they were going okay in the summer, um, they would be in a position to sort of give the manager what he what he wanted. Um, so we'll see if that happens and what that comes to that, pass. But that, that's but like, that's going to be the narrative for like you'd imagine. Pats will be looking for similar. Uh, Derry will be looking for similar. Bows are quite obviously looking for similar. Uh, Saga Rovers will have a new manager at that stage. So. Uh, this could be, well, it could be John Russell. Who knows? Yeah. But, but it's it's definitely it's going to be a busier summer than usual because I think just with the way team, I mean, it was a mad winter. But I think recruitment was a little bit rushed in some places. Definitely. Um, and um, I think it's going to be a busy one. But I, as I said, I think Dundalk. I mean, we had it with Garton a bit last week. It's culture, you know. So I don't think I think with a good setup and a good culture there, that club isn't going to go backwards. You know, that dressing room is going to backwards. I think they'll probably get better as the season goes on. And I think. That's why you know. That's why Pats were sore to lose it because they were building something there and it was lost. Um, but anyway, speaking of culture, let's go to the culture of our our, our listenership and go to our mailbag. Hey, what's the time? It's mailbag time. A big bag of electronic letters. We we barely mentioned that. Shamrock Rovers uh, losing to Drada, which I definitely wanted. Apparently, they could have gotten. I met a Rovers fan at the um, at the races today. who was telling me that you know they should have had about six in the first half. But whatever, um, I'm sure that I'm sure Long earned his uh, wages in goal again. An amazing result for Drada. So we get here to the mailbag anyway. And um, Jack Byrne just before before that, time, Jack Byrne going off injured. Danny Mandroyo getting sent off. Like it was a worrying enough night for the runaway league. Yeah, yeah. I'm listen. I've I, I've seen some pictures which would suggest maybe Mandrew might have been a bit unfortunate mm. um, but I mean it did happen you know they're, they're playing shells on Friday as I said who are much improved um, so it's a little tricky one and, and Jack I don't know yeah like I, I feel like Jack hasn't been at 100% just yet mm. so um, and maybe for them the break comes at the right time because the, you know, like they're going to take a little break now. It's possible their first game after the break could be in threat because under twenty one stuff. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. But obviously, they've got July coming. You know, in Europe, and you want your your best players. You know, sort of sort of at the perfect pitch for that. So it's something like definitely to be very very mindful. But anyway, I, I'm sure some of this has been coming. Yeah. I, what's it, there was there was a little other crowd disturbance that game as well too. You know, <laughs> the linesman I believe was hit. So like, mm. you know, yeah, we, yeah. we can't just. I, I know I know these things are racking up. But we, we can't we can't ignore them either. And I know it's happened in other places, so it's not even some you'll have some absolute loons coming at you thinking you're you're peddling some anti-rovers conspiracy. Yeah. That's not it. It's just it's just that this 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 actually did happen, and it's the most recent yeah. thing we're talking about. Connor Connor Ruth um, have to look at that Wexford performance in Turner's Cross. More than a match for a full-time outfit. Wasn't back skins to all draw. Played some really nice possession football, Jack. Darty and Mercurial for a number of weeks now, one of the best players in the division. Mercurial, I think he's been Mercurial for a while, Jack Darty. I've seen bits of him. He's clearly a very talented footballer. But um, the, the, the byproduct of all this, Dan, is Ian Ryan being linked with the Waterford job, which is interesting. Um, there's that word again. It is interesting, but also um, it's probably not a straightforward decision for him, I would have thought, because I'm not sure of the makeup of that Waterford sort of 
club in general. Um, mm. They fell apart mm. in the last season. They've taken their time. I, I sort of assumed they were going to go to England again, but then you hear various words. You hear about Ian Ryan. I think, the, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Gary Cronin even had been on the radar too. Yeah. Um, and and so I wonder what way they're going to go with it, you know? Um, it's but, Gary, you're not as good as we thought we are. The credit we got for the Shamrock Rovers game was false, playing well for six, five minutes, shouldn't be applauded. Teams know how we play now and we don't know what to do. That, that's quite interesting. Um, huge few w- days for the Drogs from Fergal Walsh. Two big wins give us a nice cushion over Harps. If we can get something on Friday away to Bowes, that will be huge going into the break. Yeah, I think I think because it is, it is worth mentioning that, like, I mean, it seemed like Drogs were really struggling for the first half against Harps, just going and the word of some people watching it. And even I think Dane Massey went off injured last night. It's not as if it's a full strength sort of, you know, like, you know, drugs and fairness to them at various times, you know, Darren Markey and Adam Foley and big players for them have been ruled out. So they were solid. Then they had a couple of weeks there where we were getting tanked and they've got the show back on the road. I think they've done an okay job there, I think, you know, in the yeah. circumstances. Burglar Rattery, our Harps condemned to the relegation playoff with Whelan being injured already. Draw to have a big cushion after overs win. At this stage of my life, I have to stop making rash predictions like Watford would win the league after like half an hour watching them in Terryland and so on at the moment I, I I struggle to see Harps I struggle to see them picking off enough points because I don't really see where that quality is maybe they'll get better and maybe draw it a, a punch a little bit above their weight but nine points is a big gap it's a it's a big gap yeah I, I, I'd agree with you there it's a it's I think the problem with Harps is that they're, they're like home isn't a fortress for them Mm. You know, and that and that's a problem. I know they got the late goal against Shells, but it's. Uh, I think when you lose that, you know, um, they're gonna they're they're gonna end up in a playoff. Al Tig, I presented the Shells. I predicted the Shells team would take time to gel. They've gone from strength to strength the last few games. We're going to show that, but can still expect more from this talented squad. Might even stick my neck out and say we could challenge for the Euro spots. Um, that's ambitious, but it's not ridiculous. I would say. Shell's record since Jack Moylan returned or when Jack Moylan was playing or Shell's record with Brendan Clark and goal I'd say versus not I'd say it'd be quite interesting Clark's been important Yeah no, there's, some, there's, some big, there's some there's some big factors I've talked about them earlier but I think they are improving Good answer from Joey O'Brien I asked him about yeah. you know, what do you think about people saying Duffer is a might toddle off at some stage and he's like they haven't a clue yeah. Duffer ended up right next to me in the director's box he was, he was sent back to the director's box in Richmond I was a bit worried. Alan Quinn next to him, who um, yeah. bizarrely was like giving abuse to Tim Clancy, which is very sort of bizarre, but unbecoming to be honest. But um, but Duffer, I think, even told him to pipe down at one stage. Um, but he he was fully into it at halftime, giving the referees assessor a bit of lip over Sam Curtis not being sent off. But honestly, I've said it before. I've said it again. People who think Duff just you know is going to toddle off because he's not bothered about this or something. As Joey O'Brien said, they really don't have a clue. Yeah. Um, but what, what, what else you have a I'm gonna, If I'm going to make a prediction about a player, Dan, Sam Curtis played the 90 minutes last night. The, the boy looks about, he's 16. He looks about 25. He was so, so good. I have to say, uh, it's the first time I've seen him play properly. What a prospect. He's, he's such a prospect. But I mean, the thing about it, this is the learning experience of, of for a young man. Like, he got a bit of a chasing in the first 45 last week. He got taken off a half time. Now, mm. Connor Kane kept getting, but he was clearly 
being targeted. He was on a yellow. He possibly should have got a second, but he's come back three days later and he's been brilliant, which is great. But I think this is where the, the likes of a banquet. A banquet got hooked in a game last year. I think it was yeah. the cup semi final against Dundalk. That's right. Um, and like it's it's a it's a proper leg up for them, even if they you know they're they're going to be targeted sometimes because it's like well look you know get after that 16, 17 year old yeah. maybe they won't they won't have the, the you know they won't they won't have everything figured out. Um, Banquet mentioned Amashere there, like so. In fairness, like Amashere was sort of um, on the left last night, so he would have come up against him in bits and bobs. By God, he did not look like a player that was down after being dropped at half time the other night. Regarding Long, this is from Keith Murphy. He's going nowhere, but if he didn't have a four year contract in his back pocket, would he be a lot closer to the exit door? Um, I, I can't really answer that, but I think Keith Long has done a very good job. Bohemians. Yeah, I think I think I think that there's some interviews from him where he was speaking about like even moving towards a more full time environment and stuff. And um, I think that was last week. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, listen. At least Bows are going to Berlin anyway. Um, yeah, well, that's one that's... In, a, in a tweet, I'm not sure we should necessarily. No, um, no, 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 no. Union Berlin and Bows would be. This, this is an yeah no listen it's, it's a natural union but uh, this is an express mailbag Johnny so I'm putting you on the spot um, and <laughs> obviously I have to go to a high class meal here P- pick, 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 pick your one pick your one favorite remaining mailbag comment go okay on. Well, pick, pick, Alan, very so Alan Kelly's just on about Alan Lee's just on about how mad the league is um, depressed Friday um, and happy on on Monday a draw between Cork and Galway. Talk about Treaty v Watford another game the first division do to do do I said Great one Johnny for the draw. That is all. And I, I, I was hoping for better, Johnny. Uh, we, we, we got it. We haven't mentioned the John Caulfield for Sligo uh, link, which was one of the most manufactured. Manufactured. We John that was, on the show this week. He told me he was that, was a, that was a that was a that was a wind up, wasn't it? That that, that thing. But people, yeah, I think it was a wind up. Yeah, John, I tried to get John Caulfield on this week, but he's basically not doing any podcast in the middle of the season. And um, he was in Bally Buffet last night for. God knows what reason, but uh, yeah, he was up, up, up at the Harps, um, up at the Harps and Dock game. So I wonder what he's doing up there. But go United Cork City on Friday, Dan. And I haven't been looking forward to a game in a long, long time as much as this. Yeah, no, listen, uh, to be fair, like it is, I know I slag you about bringing up Galway and all of that, but like this is a genuinely big game. Um, I'm actually a bit sort of sick. Um, like you know, I, I'm off for a couple of days, but it's, it's going into international. It's going to be a really busy time. Mm. Um, you know, Champions League final. There's all sorts on this weekend. As look, it's a, it is a major weekend of sport. That this game is probably slipping under the radar a small bit nationally, but I, I think in the respective areas where it's played, I think it'll. It, you know, it is a proper, proper big game. Um, so I, I am looking forward to sort of hearing and seeing what type, what type of crowd you get. You know, like yeah, what, what actually five, what five, this brings out the masses. You I think hope. so, yeah? Yeah, and the Cork yeah. fans have been telling me the other three amigos podcast I was on Monday night, they reckon about five hundred Cork fans and they'll be in the old stand with a packed old stand on the right hand side as well. Um I think it'd be a fantastic atmosphere and Scott United have won seven on the bounce, conceded in one of those games. Cork City obviously finally uh, dropping from the lead, haven't lost a game since they lost the ball in the second game of the season. And uh, just um we, we will give the fixtures. We have to give our trivia. Uh, yeah, yeah. So give, give last week's trivia question, Johnny. Can you remember what it was? It was to do with um, the manager who was Garth's uh, first manager when he scored his first goal, I think. Correct. We had a lot of right answers last week. A lot of people interested in the, the beers and the book. 
and the winner was Dwayne Doyle, we believe. Yeah. So Dwayne Doyle, you're going to have a book, a signed book, and the beers. Now, this week's question is sort of on the run of it. as well, and um, some very good response. Yeah. That's a great prize to win. Yeah, so this we run the run a bit. Trivia, actually, so you have done one. No, I'm, well, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm making it up as we go. I was um, going to so hopefully they do one, but it's probably nice. Oh no, no, no! Please, please, come on. Go, can you, listen, this is how organised we are. Go with your one, please. Okay, go well, with your if, if mine is shy, right? You can go with yours. So, who okay. was the current League of Ireland manager um, who should have uh, been replacing Roy Keane in Saipan but didn't? Who is the current League of Ireland manager? Who should oh, okay, have that's topical. That's topical. That's topical. Um, and I've, it's, it's, it's quite, it's quite easy. Uh, it wasn't Ali Horgan. We ran him out, and yeah. um, it wasn't any of the Clancy Higgins O'Donnell because they're probably only teenagers at the time. So, like, yeah, you know, we can, we can narrow it down a small bit. Um, but um, okay, yeah, yeah. When four uh, lovely beers in Porterhouse Brewery, which will be delivered to you, and um, yeah, just bear in mind we're, we're just uh, sorting out um, a few issues with the dresses and so forth, and a bit of data for the previous winners. All will be good. And um, fixtures, Dan, uh, I can give fixtures if you if you want. Fixtures in the first division: Bray Wanderers. I, I'd like some, please. Yeah, Cove Ramblers, Longford Town, Galway United, Cork City. Waterford FC v Treaty United and obviously it'll be interesting to see what sort of what the managerial uh, situation is in Waterford and will there be a change the Premier Division the show just keeps going on and we, we do have um, a break then after this so there will be a little bit of a break going into next week Derry City versus Finn Harps um, you know again the Northwest Derby where Harps have just they beat Shells when Shells were absolutely dire and they haven't won a game otherwise Bowes against Drada I would not have much confidence at all in Bo's um, steamroll and rather the way things are going. Dundalk and Pat Stan, just briefly, that's a game I love the shape of. I don't know, Pat's... Uh, yeah, and it's it's a mad one. That when you think about the previous meeting, like Pat's were far better than Dundalk. Like they should have won that game. And they, they looked at to be in a better place than Dundalk at that point. Um, Dara Burns was sort of roasting Dara Lee. Um, so, you know, at that stage, you're thinking, no, oh, like Pat's, you know, Pat's are sort of, Pat's in better nick here and you're looking at it now and you're thinking Dundalk go out like you know that's a game where if they were to somehow win that game but you wouldn't be surprised with their home form you know, they'd have a serious cushion in third you know and that's sort of big for that club because if they did get back into Europe they have an amazing seeding still so they'd have a great chance to make some money through Europe for the conference league if they did so yeah. a lot at stake for them you know so what else have we got in five Rovers and Shells and what's our fifth what's our fifth game Joey O'Brien returning to Tallis Stadium and Damien Duff obviously who's now back on the bench and Sligo Rovers visiting nearby uh, Belfields for the final game and then as I say we've uh, uh, a week off Dan and um, I guess that's pretty much it Dan it's time to I think we're done I think we're done it's a little bit of a shorter pod this week but um, you've done the heavy lifting I'm just going to go and do some relaxing now but we will be back as normal at some stage next week we'll see what we will do it after going into a break we'll have a, we will have a pod responding to next week's games anyway and um, yeah thanks, we'll thanks. be talking to you soon thanks for listening thanks as ever to Future Ticketing Collar and & Cuff and the Porterhouse Brewery talk to you next week